Hello, and welcome back to the Film Odyssey podcast. I'm Salo Cicero. And I'm Dan Zubon. On today's episode, we will be discussing the problems with the MCU's Phase 4, and we will talk about our most anticipated films of the rest of the year. Today, we're going to be discussing about the problems with MCU's Phase 4. One thing I think about, like, the MCU Phase 4 that's different from past, you know, phases is that, you know, in past phases, like, every movie appealed to every, everyone, right? But with Phase 4, certain projects have completely different demographics. Um, yeah. Like, for example, let's say Miss Marvel, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think the typical Marvel fan really cared about that show. I think they were trying to reach a wider audience with that. Uh, and then take some like Werewolf by Night, which is like completely different. It's very obvious that they're trying to get new people into the MCU by diversifying themselves a bit. And yeah. I guess going out of their comfort zone as much as they can with stuff like WandaVision and even, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier, you know, stuff like that. Um, the problem, The problem is, though, is that they're doing that. Like, they're making Werewolf by Night, WandaVision, all those things, even Moon Knight. And they're trying to uh, tackle different stories. But the problem is, is that they're doing that while also keeping cliches that they've had for years, especially yeah, in Phase yeah. 3. And they're adding on to that as well, which is hurting the quality of what these movies and shows should really be, their potential. That's the problem. Yeah, that's true. And it also doesn't help that it seems like every Phase 4 project that's come out has been extremely hit or miss. Like, for example, like Shang-Chi, like the movie that was well-received by most people. Yeah. But then something like Thor, Love and Thunder, which just completely annihilated by like most audiences and critics. Yeah, people really, like, I've never seen so much anger since The Last Jedi because that was like, the most anticipated film and yeah. i'm not gonna compare it to eternals because nobody was like anticipating uh, eternals well that was a failure too though <laughs> yeah but like it wasn't like people were thinking oh my god eternals i can't wait like this is gonna be it yeah. and then they saw it and they're like what the hell was that like yeah pe- going in we were like what the hell is that and by the end we were just like i still don't know what that is what that even was even the uh, doctor strange you know multiverse of madness to some degree like there were a fair amount of people hyped for that, but it was just, like, lackluster. That's true. And it's so funny how I hated Doctor Strange, and everybody was like, it's all right. Or some people were like, it was disappointing, but it still was fine. And then Thor, Love, and Thunder, I actually enjoyed that. Everybody hated it. Yeah. It, it also kind of felt like people were just trying to hate on Taika Waititi for some reason, which is strange. Well, I think because but. he's, like, very comical now, and also, like, he said that there's, like, a four-hour cut, apparently, and people yeah. wanted to know his opinion, and he said that, you know, that that's really unnecessary, that he wouldn't do a four-hour cut, so I think that kind of got people more pissed off with him. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think that's another problem. There's, like, the, uh, the tone for most of these projects is very, just completely different with each one. I mean, they each have, like, a little bit of comedy infused into them, but some more than others, like, She-Hulk is (laughs) just straight up a comedic show, I'd say. And Falcon and Winter Soldier, I mean, there were a couple jokes in it, but for the most part, it was kind of, it was dealing with serious subject matter with, like, race and stuff like that. 
just the tone of Falcon the Winter Soldier. Like, it tried to be tackle so many different genres, and sometimes when it really wanted to get into the nitty-gritty, it felt very forced to times where I almost thought, like, I couldn't watch another episode because it was just, like, you know, you're watching it, enjoying it, and next thing you know, you have, like, uh, the, the um, guy who is now Captain America literally slaughtering a yeah. person. And it's just like, what the fuck? It's it's just like, really? It, it's it's like it came out of nowhere, and you're think, and you're just thinking everything just feels so off. Yeah, um, I also think another problem has been maybe giving too much control to some of these showrunners and directors, which is funny because in the past people have criticized Marvel, like, oh, it's just a factory, right? Kevin Feige basically directs the movies. He just hires like, directors and they really don't have any control over anything which i don't think is true but regardless well it's shown to be true with dr strange and thor well i mean thor love and thunder it seems like he somewhat let taika with td do what he wants to do and the results weren't good at all i mean mm-hmm. thor ragnarok which he taika with also directed was just a better received movie but also if you think about it thor ragnarok was two hours and ten minutes Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness was two hours, and originally it was, like, three hours. Then it was two and a half hours. Then it was cut down to two hours and, like, 15 minutes, and then all of a sudden two hours. Then Thor Love and Thunder, it's cut down to, like, one hour and 59 minutes. It's like they give them all the control until it comes to the editing room. It's like, you'll have all the control you want. You know what? Do whatever you want. I won't be part of it. Then they just cut shit out. Then when it comes to post-production and we have to edit it, I'm in charge. That's what it kind of feels like. It's like all the stuff that you did does not matter because we have control of it. We own it, you know. Yeah, it's kind of like they just want specific directors to come in to, you know, project a certain tone on a project. But then they also have guidelines they have to hit with each project. Like, oh, we have to have a cameo for one character in here and mention this and do that. And it's just sad because it's like all the hard work that was put into it and the fact that you're giving them creative control and, you know, they're using it to their best abilities and they're putting so much content out there and so much things that people will love and appreciate. And then next thing you know, you're just cutting it all out and it's just, it's just not right. It's the creative freedom that's taken away. Yeah, I'd say right now the only directors in the MCU who could have, like, full control over their projects are probably James Gunn and Ryan Coogler. Oh, yeah. Black Panther uh, is now going to be one of the longest two hours and 41 minutes. Yeah. Because I knew, I'm like, if they make that film two hours or less, I won't even be excited for it. I just will know what's to come if it's shortened down. But if they didn't do that, it's going to be a very long movie. Um, So I know that it's going to be Coogler's true vision for yeah. the sequel. Um, but if they do anything like with James Gunn, but I don't think they will because he his films, his Guardians films have been very popular you know, yeah. just with him controlling it. So they shouldn't do anything. Yeah. Um, also, I think another big problem has been like this kind of is similar to the last issue we discussed about creative differences like more and more we're seeing you know directors leave marvel projects like for example scott derrickson left the doctor strange sequel because he didn't have the full control and i think 
there was something with the Blade director, like mm-hmm. he left, and then like I think Mahershala Ali was like just pissed off because the movie was announced three years ago and the script is apparently dog shit and they have to rewrite the whole thing. The writer, director, and Kevin Feige got into like an argument and they fired the director. And then yeah. Mahershal Ali was pissed off about that whole situation. Yeah. And it's... now also delaying a lot of the other projects too. Now they're delaying. Yeah, it's like, it's just like a mess. I also think another big problem has been, there's been like, for phase four especially, there's been way too many projects. It seems like either every single month there's either a new Marvel movie or a new show coming out. And that wasn't the situation in past phases, you know, it was just movies, which I actually think like Marvel putting out so much content, it's obviously been more quantity over quality. I think another really big issue with phase four is that with this whole new era of the internet and memes and whatnot, Marvel has become so self-aware of that, where it's now becoming more exclusive to audiences, to the point where if you went to a movie or you watched a TV show with someone who didn't even know about it or got none of the references, you know, it'd be hard to connect because they would be so confused. To a degree, um, I think that's kind of why they've been trying to diversify the stuff that they're putting out. So the new people who've never watched an MCU movie, they don't have to watch like what, like 25 movies to understand what's going on. They could just watch She-Hulk if they like that. And then, you know, they don't really have to watch everything up until that point. Every People just, people make jokes saying... Uh, the MCU died when Iron Man died, and kind of correct, but it's also just kind of overreacting. I mean, they had there were <laughs> there were problems before he died, so uh, not as much as now, though. Well, yeah, because people overlooked all the problems to some degree. I'll, I'll tell you this: I'm extremely interested to see what the reception is by audiences for Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, especially since it's rumored that multiple people in the movie are going to be Black Panther and also these future Avengers movies without like the without like Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. Can they will people care enough? If Robert Downey Jr. actually was like confirmed or secretly confirmed, it was like leaks that he was in a movie, people would come back to the theater. You know, people would actually go to see that because we miss Iron Man. We missed the original Avengers. I mean, that's kind of got us all to go and support these films because when the Avengers came out, it started a whole phenomena. And, you know, now it's just like you watch these new shows and these movies and you're just thinking to yourself, like, what is all of this? It just feels forced somewhat. It, it does. It's just, you watch them and you're just thinking to yourself, what is this? It's now? like, what is this leading to? What's what's the purpose? Like, exactly. What and is this just, setting up? You know? ex- exactly. You're just, you get confused too. You're just like, do I even care? Should I even care now? Yeah. I think it's also guns so bad that some people, now they just pick and choose what Marvel stuff they want to watch and what they don't care about. It used to be that people would just watch anything Marvel puts out, but now it's just like people are seeing more of the cracks and they're just like, yeah, I'm not watching that movie. I'll skip that. I'm also interested to see if phase five, you know, these same problems keep happening or if Marvel heard some of the complaints and phase five is overall better received. 
I hope phase five will be good. Um, I mean, starting off is the next Ant-Man movie, which has like Kang in it, and he's like the next big threat in the MCU. So it seems like they're starting off on a good note. Like I said in my in our last podcast, the only reason why I'm excited for Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, is because it's written by the writers of Rick and Morty. That is it. If they didn't have the writers, I would be like, who cares? I don't care. I, I think we've listed all the main problems for the most part. I, I just hope Marvel sees the reception, look at the complaints and be like, okay, you know, we need to slow down a bit. We can't be putting out a new show or movie every single month. That's a little too ambitious. And their treatment with the visual effects artists too. Yeah, that like. too. So now after we've got that out of the way, now we're going to discuss our most anticipated films of the rest of the year. So this comes out in a week, so uh, which is Black Adam. Uh, the funny thing was is that I, like, when the first trailer for this came out, I could care less about this movie. It just seemed like generic, whatever. But the closer we've gotten to release, um, I've gotten more interested, and the reviews have also been extremely good, which surprised me. Definitely that kind of movie where first trailer, I didn't care, second trailer kind of improved, but at the same time, it's like, no matter how many times they advertise on TV, I still keep forgetting about it. But the reviews haven't been so bad. I've been hearing a little bit that people uh, enjoy it, it's kind of getting the same reviews as Aquaman, the first film, but a bit more better, like a bit better, yeah. which is good. I just hear that the uh, end credit scene is something to stick around for. For me, um, I'll just say this out of the blue because this is the second biggest film on my mind this fall, The Fablemans. Movies are dreams. you never forget Sammy I yeah. really am excited for that movie um, Steven Spielberg it's his autobiographical film it is just it's gonna be a big movie I saw the trailer it's one of the first trailers to ever make me emotional because it's just, it gives you a little bit of glimpse about him, about his life, about what he went through, about his family, people yeah. who love him, the people he loves, and how movie was an escapism for him. And I feel like it's going to relate to a lot of us. And for me, watching it, I just couldn't help but see myself. And a lot of people will feel the same way. It also, you have a really a crazy cast, too. All that. Yeah. Bill Williams, Seth Rogen, Judd Hirsch, David Lynch. Um, yeah. It, it's like, what? <laughs> it, it, it looks really good. It does, yeah. though. I'm very excited. Better than I thought. Yeah. yeah. I'm very excited for that movie. And it's going to be long, but you know what? I'm happy because I. it's Steven Spielberg. And when's the last time we really got a Steven Spielberg film? All right. So my next most anticipated for this year is... A movie called Raymond and Ray. Our father is dead. His last wish was that his sons attend his funeral. We don't have to go. He's dead. He'll never know. You're a very tender man, you know that? Okay, your father's last will. It was his wish 
that you dig his grave. What? The old man was always scoring with us. But forgiveness is good. I want to show you the casket that your father pre-selected. The cheapest man who ever lived. Now, a lot of people may not know this even exists, but uh, it comes out like a week. It's an Apple original movie. Um, Ethan Hawke and Ewan McGregor are the two leads, and they play like these two brothers that have to reunite after their father dies and grow their relationship. Um, based on the trailer, it seems, you know, kind of like emotional in a way. And I think it'll be a good role for both of them. Um, it, it's like a very relatable story because, you know, we, we've all lost people who we were close to at one point or another. So, but I mean, Apple released has so far released a lot of good stuff. So. I'm looking forward to my next film that I'm excited for is Glass Onion, a Knives Out oh, yeah. mystery. You stole mine. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Ladies and gentlemen. This is it. You expected the mystery. You expected a puzzle. But for one person on this island, this is not a game. Will you explain it to us then, detective? I'm excited for this movie, even despite the fact that it's going to be on Netflix, but in November... I think it's playing in theaters and like Thanksgiving weekend. As I, yeah, I was going to say, uh, <laughs> but yeah. the fact that it's going to be for one week in theaters in November makes me happy because after yeah. the success of the first movie, you know, it, it the second film deserves to be in theaters. I think it's a good thing Ryan Johnson is a drastically changing the formula because, yeah. you know, that, that's what made people like the first one to begin with. So my next most anticipated movie is Black Panther Wakanda Forever. After the you know tragic death of Chadwick Boseman, I was kind of apprehensive if this movie even should be getting made at all uh-huh. with the production issues and all that. I, I was kind of like, do we really need this movie? Then like the trailers came out and it actually looks pretty good. You know, it seems like Ryan Coogler has a lot of control for what he wants to do. I'm not sure if it'll be as good as the first, but hopefully it will be. That is also another uh, film on my list that I'm excited for. Nervous for as well, but excited. Um, yeah. I, I get more of the feeling that it's gonna be like Avengers Endgame, more like with the emotion, like probably gonna be like the saddest Marvel film since Avengers Endgame. Yeah. But I definitely am excited to see what will happen. 
because with the first trailer and even before it was just kind of like that whole um it was just weird because you were thinking to yourself like this is the type of movie where i don't know what to expect and now after seeing a trailer you kind of know a little bit what to expect my next most anticipated of this year is going to be bones and all um, oh yeah it stole mine <laughs> Timothy Chalamet, the two leads, yeah. and this isn't the first time um, that Luca Guadagino and Timothy Chalamet has worked together um, since Called Me By Your Name, and yeah. that was a great That was like movie. his breakout movie, I think, yeah, Tim- for Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, and also for Luca Guadagino, too. Um, that was a fantastic film, and yeah. so with this, you know, I'm excited to see what it is. I haven't watched a trailer because... I don't know. There's just something about this film that I just want to see for myself, not really knowing much about it. And when I get that kind of feeling, I know it's this is something special. And so, yeah. And I've been hearing a lot that like it's um, you know, it's a bloody, disgusting, romantic, beautiful epic. Just really excited to see what's to come out of that film. Yeah, it definitely intrigues me. Um, I feel like it could go one way or the other. Like it could be like too controversial or as good as Call Me by Your Name, but definitely looking forward to. It. So my next most anticipated movie for this year is The Menu, which is the new. I forgot about that. <laughs> which is the new Anya Taylor Joy movie? Um, you know, it actually looks really good. Um, like it looks kind of like a dark comedy. And I, I'm a fan of those. And Anya Taylor Joy is one of those actresses who just seems to be getting bigger and bigger like every year. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. My next uh, most anticipated film, I believe, is called White Noise. Um, oh, yeah, the new Noah. Bomba yeah. film, yeah. They don't look scared in the Crown Victoria. Yeah, they're laughing. These guys aren't laughing. Where? In the country square. What does it matter what they're doing in other cars? I want to know how scared I should be. Life is good, Jack. As long as the children are here, we're safe. May the days be aimless. Let the seasons drift. Do not advance the action according to a plan. Adam Driver and Greta Gerwig in yeah. a like a dramedy that's also like a quirky horror film too. Yeah. Um, which no. Um, which this director has never tackled before, so that should be quite interesting. Um, Sa- yeah, sounds very interesting. And yeah. My next most anticipated is a movie called 
violent night. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! I that's um, uh yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you saw the trailer for this, but it's people basically haven't, people haven't shut up about it since the trailer. You ain't driving, are you? I steer a little, but the ranger do most of the work. <laughs> this is my fourth year at the center. How about you? I started the whole damn thing. Oh, oh, oh! Excuse me! We decided that you could have one gift. Early. What is it? That is a direct hotline of Santa Claus himself. I can talk to Santa. All right, revelers. Welcome to your worst Christmas ever. Let's go! Yeah, um, might be the movie of the year for me. Uh, okay. So we have David Harbour as a violent Santa Claus. And this movie is produced by David Leach. Um, so at least we know the action will be top notch. Um, yeah. but, but yeah, the. This looks very interesting to me, and it, it might be the next Die Hard, you know? <laughs> it could be. <laughs> if it's good, you know? It very well could be. I mean, uh, it definitely reminds me of back in 2015 when we had Crumpus as like the holiday kind oh, of Oh, but that was terrible. That, that I know, was, I know. That was that so was, bad. I know, that was a bad movie. But um, what I mean is that you know you get you don't really get these dark comedic uh, thrillers where you get like uh, evil spirits from Christmas time haunting a family, or you get a Santa Claus who is um, saving a family from bad guys going John Wick on. Um, that reminds me. Did you hear about that evil Grinch movie? I, I think I did. And yeah, Winnie the so, Pooh, too. Oh, oh, boy. Are you excited for that as well? No, that looks dreadful. Not looking forward to it. My last most anticipated film for me, my number one biggest... I think biggest... I know what it is. <laughs> I, I have an inkling. Okay. My biggest most anticipated film for the rest of the year is a movie I've been waiting for since I was five years old. Yeah. Oh, wow. And that should say a lot to this filmmaker because I'm sure put everything into this next film Avatar The Way of Water. I know one thing. Wherever we go, this family. Yeah, this is a film that I just cannot believe is coming out, actually. Um, I don't think most people can. Yeah. You know, it was the type of film where we just keep hearing about it, delay after delay, uh, production images, um, news about what's going on with the cast and crew. But never would I think that we are now getting Avatar The Way of Water, and in about two months, it's going to come out. 
um, which is just, I feel like I'm dreaming at times, because it's like, only in my dreams something like this could happen, but no, it's actually happened to me, and um, it's just something I've been waiting for all my life, and it's also supposed to be um, very unpredictable, which interests me, too. Yeah, um, I'm definitely looking forward to this. James Cameron is one of the last great directors working today. And, you know, anything he does is a must-see for me. I hope the wait for this is worth it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I hope it's really good. Um, I feel like it might end on the cliffhanger since there's supposed to be free sequels to this. Uh, but yeah, I think it's definitely going to be the big Christmas movie this year that most people will see. So this is my last one, uh, which is going to be Babylon. Damien Chazelle movie wow. with, you know, Margot Robbie, Brad Pitt. Mm -hmm. Apparently that's like a $200 million budget, which is kind of insane for this type of movie. Um, but yeah, I've liked everything Damien Chazelle has put out so far, like Whiplash, La La Land. Uh, First Man had problems, but I still thought it was really good. Um, so I'm looking forward to this. Hopefully this will be better than Amsterdam, which Margot Robbie was also in. Uh, if yeah. she need, needs a win right now, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It looks really interesting. Yeah, Babylon, um, definitely not one of my most anticipated because it's not what I expected it to be, but I'm glad I saw a trailer because now I know exactly what it's going to be. Um, it's definitely a Damien Chazelle film. Yeah. Uh, you could definitely tell from what he did with La La Land. This is definitely a film that he would make. It seems interesting. I'm not fully into it at the moment, but um, I, I know what to expect now. Yeah. <clears throat> so there's still lots of exciting things coming out this year. Yeah. Which is good. So I think we're going to end the year on a strong note. I hope. Yeah. I hope we do. I, and I think we will. It, it might not be like 2019, but um, it will definitely be a good year. Um, that's it for our podcast today. Um, I hope you enjoyed. Uh, please give us a like, give us a five-star rating, subscribe to us, and tell us what your favorite uh, films of this year have been, and also what your most anticipated of the year will be, because we'd love to hear it. Um, yeah. Also, what do you think about MCU's Phase 4? How do you think Phase 5 will be? You know, we want to hear what you think as well. Um, but yeah, that is it for our podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you.